Hey everybody, I do certainly appreciate the opportunity just to share God's word with you this morning. I do hope that you're staying safe and sane in this insane season that we're all living in globally. Uh, just to Mike and Debs and the team there at Oceanside, appreciate the opportunity just to share God's word with you. And yeah, we're missing you guys, longing to be with you, certainly longing to get back into Canada. You guys have closed your border to us, so we're not able to get there right now, but uh, this is the best we can do right now. But I do hope that you guys are staying safe, as I said, and uh, carrying on with the things that God has called you to. I do think these are interesting times, uh, obviously. And to say that unprecedented, well, that's true. I mean, it's global. It's not just a region, not just one place or one country. It's the whole world is facing this reality right now of shutdown, lockdown, and this coronavirus that is real. Uh, but in saying that, I do want to just highlight and say, while we're all in the same storm, the reality is we're not all in the same boat. And I think many of us say, are we all in the same boat? No, we're not, friends. We're all in different regions. We're all in different places. And our churches are also different. And what I want to highlight to you today is that hear what God's saying and do what it is God's called you to do in the storm, in the same storm, but how you respond in your boat, Oceanside Church as a boat, and what you represent as an individual. And so I do want to say, please, let's learn the lessons God's teaching us in this. I don't believe God sent this. But I certainly believe God allowed this, obviously, and it's for a reason. And I think it's also for the church to just catch maybe a bit of a wake up in some of the things we've been involved in. I think our heart's been often good, but the stuff we've been giving our attention to, God's saying, hey, hey, good time to adjust. I think the best way to describe it, it's like a mirror has been lifted up and we get to see who we really are right now. And I'm going to say it's not all bad. There's a lot of good. I hope you believe that. It's not throw everything out, but there are some things that need to be adjusted uh, somebody said it's like the makeup of the church has been removed and now it's time for the heart of the church to be revealed. And I think that's something of what's happening. The danger though is that people are very quickly wanting to put the makeup back on. And I'm not anti-makeup. I think makeup's great and I think it's good and there's nothing wrong with it. But it covers up some of the blemishes that I think God wants us to deal with. And so whatever that means for you, I don't want to highlight what that is, but I do think there's some lessons here. God's sharing and teaching us. He's revealing. He wants the heart of the church to be revealed. And He wants us to learn some of these lessons and adjust so we can be more effective in the season now and as lockdown begins to lift in it. And so I hope we're learning these lessons. I hope you're staying strong in it. You're encouraged regardless. But it certainly is an uncertain time for everyone and for many. And I, I want to talk a little bit into that about being uncertain, some of the uncertainties and the things we can be aware of and assurance of that some things don't change. I was recently asked a question with a whole bunch of pastors. Okay, Tyrant, so what doesn't change? And I thought that's a really good question because so many things are changing. Some things must change, but what doesn't change? And I want to highlight one of two of those things with you this morning. So thanks for the opportunity. And if you've got a Bible, go with me, please, to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to read a few verses out of that. Uh, there's so many unknowns in this season. There's so many uncertainties, so many things that are changing. Uh, Mark Twain said it best, nobody likes change except for a wet baby. And the reason we like, don't like change, if we're honest, is because we like to be in control. We like to know, we like to be in the know, and we like certainty. I want to remind you that the God of the mountains is also the God of the valley. This is a valley season for many of us, but He's the same God who was in our mountaintops and the highlights to the lowlights and everything in between. Same God, same God, even in different contexts and circumstances. We need to be a reminder of that. We, we need certainty in the uncertain. We need surety in this time of shaking. You know, I've often said this, and even in your church I've said this, but the most revealing thing 
I believe about us as the God's church is found in our ideas about who Jesus is. Our most significant message is what we say or what we, left, what we leave unsaid about Jesus. And I, I think there's never been a time for the church right now than, than now for us to reveal Christ who, for who He really is. Not just talk about Him, but actually demonstrate and show. And so what I do believe, friends, is that in this time we don't hang in and hope for. We've got to have some surety. We've got to have some anchors that we know are unchanging. So as everything changes and some good, some not so good, in all the unknowns, we've got this surety that helps us not just come through the season, but actually shine in the season and walk forward in the time and even in the season of God doing what He said He's going to do. We're not survivors. We're not called to survive. And I'm well aware some of us are struggling through this. We're all having moments. Some of us probably not, not sure we're going to get our job. If we have a job, uh, the, free, the, the freedoms we've had, when do we get to meet again? All these things. They questions we don't know. But this I've got to tell you. We need surety. And the thing I want to share with you this morning is that if we catch this revelation, not by thought, but by truth, we will live differently through this. We'll come through this and we'll thrive in this. And regardless of what comes next, friends, it doesn't mean it won't be easy, uh, it won't be hard, but it will be sustainable for us and we can actually thrive in a season and arise and shine in this time and season. So go with me, Hebrews 13 and verse 5, it says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Verse 7 says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, and consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So God's saying, I'm, going to, I'm in control, I protect you, I give, and I put leaders in place, and we to follow and hear the word they speak, not their word, the word they spoke, that's God's. Also to imitate the outcome of their way of life and their faith, which is great. But then he moves this, the writer moves this, this, this to the most important ingredient and the most important truth in, ver in verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 13. He says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I love this verse because it showcases, I believe, one of the most neglected and overlooked doctrine of a believer and that's this doctrine of the immutability of Jesus Christ. I do believe this is a vital and strategic doctrine that is needed in all seasons but in a season like this friends we need to know that Jesus Christ does not change, cannot change. He's the same yesterday, he's the same Jesus who was before the corona lockdown, the now corona lockdown and the future when we come out. He does not change and I think it's so important because there's so many kind of uh, ramifications to this revelation for us in a time and a season like this. Jesus Christ does not change and I love this because it showcases this truth, the immutability, the unchanging nature of Jesus Christ. Can I say the reason why this truth is so important is because change implies imperfection. That's why I think things do need to change in our churches. We need to be changing because we're not perfect. And God was bringing us to a place of maturity to get us to be more like Jesus. But Jesus does not change. Why? Because He is perfect. If He needed to change, He would cease to be perfect, which means He'd cease to be God, which means we've got no hope, no future. But the good news for you and I today is that He doesn't change because He is perfect. He's not becoming more like us. We are becoming 
more like him. In simple terms, this means that Jesus has never, can never, and will never change. He is by his very nature unchangeable, meaning he is as powerful as ever, as loving, as merciful, as full of grace, as holy, and as much in control today as he's ever been before and during and after. And I wonder if we truly believe that, friends. I know it's not easy to believe these things, especially when there's so much chaos right now. But I want to tell you, God is in control. Jesus is in full control. As much in control as he was then, he is now and will always be. And this is so needed for us as his people today to understand this truth again and live by this. It's the essential doctrine of our faith. He cannot change. Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the, B and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So Jesus, again, can I say, is absolutely unchangeable. And so I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said, so, too many professed believers talk as if Jesus Christ were real, but they act like he were not. And I think right now we see some of that. We talk like he's real, but we don't act like he's real. And we need revelation to talk like that and act like that. And I want to say that's what I want to share with us this morning, is that actually Jesus Christ does not change in regard to some things. Because of his nature, it has ramifications for some things. So let's look for a few moments at some of the things he doesn't change in. Number one, Jesus will never change in regard to his position. I, I love the book of Hebrews and we're reading from it, but Hebrews chapter one, probably one of my favorite scriptures or chapters in the Bible and the first three verses go like this Hebrews chapter 1 verse uh, 1 it says in the past God spoke to us uh, spoke to our forefathers through prophets at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir over all things and through whom he made the universe verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 1 the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word and after he provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven you know friends there is a conclusiveness about this statement what does it mean to say he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven well number one in this he it confirms he is who he says he is he is the eternal son of God. He is the creator of the universe. He is the only mediator between God and man. He is the one who governs the created order by the power of his word. I, I love the I am's that Jesus speaks of. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection. All these things that Jesus claims he is. Here's the reality. He is that even if we don't believe that. It's not based on our belief system. It's based on the fact that he is who he says he is. And I trust we will believe those things. But even if we choose not to, it doesn't change the fact that that's who he is. And I love the fact that he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven tells us he is who he says he is. He's confirmed that. And that gives us courage in a season like this that his position does not change uh, because he's unchanging in his nature. He, it means he's completed his work. His work here on earth is done. His earthly mission is over. Not only is it finished, but it's successful. It's completed and successful. For Jesus to be seated means it's finished and it's succeeded. Nothing else needs to be done. It's done forever. His earthly mission is done. It means he's conquered his enemy. He's overcome his enemy. And how we need to hear that in a season like this. You know, Jesus, he didn't escape from death. But he conquered it and he opened the way to heaven for all who would dare to believe. I love the picture that, that Jesus sits 
while the devil roams to and fro. Jesus is so confident in his victory and the devil is working furiously to try in vain to attempt to oppose or prevent the eternal plans of God. Jesus is absolutely assured that his work is finished and that's why we can with absolute assurance know his position will not change even in the lockdown with COVID-19. Victory, I still believe, is in Christianity, unfortunately, has become an abnormal thing. But if we understand this truth, victory should be a normal thing in the life of a believer. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean that everything goes our way. And even in a season like this, it's incredibly difficult. And I've got some struggles in this season too. But this I've got to tell you, because of where he's seated, we should be living in a place of victory, regardless of shutdown, lockdown, or whatever else comes our way. It also means that he's crowned. He's above all powers. As he sits at the Father's right hand, he exerts his power over all creation in accordance with the Father's will and desire. You know, friends, this is not inactivity. This is him ruling. And I love that Jesus is ruling. And if we can't see it, even if we don't understand it, we've got to believe he is ruling. He's not inactive in this time of season. He's ruling because of where he's seated, because of his position. You know, Jesus Christ, I've said this to you before, but let me say it again. He's not coming back as the lamb to the slaughter. I'm grateful for the lamb to the slaughter because without that we'd have no redemption, no forgiveness, no salvation. But he's not coming back as the lamb to the slaughter. He's coming back, as the Bible tells us in Hebrews, uh, in the book of Revelation, he's coming back as the triumphant king. He's coming back as the righteous judge. And he's coming back as the loving bridegroom. That's who's coming back. And that's got to give us hope encourage in a season like this so number one he doesn't change in his position number two he does not change in his power Matthew 28 the great commission which we talk a lot about one of those go-to texts for us as a team and new covenant ministries and you guys are in your church have that same heart but in Matthew 28 Jesus says all not some all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me now go make disciples So the point is that he has been given all authority and that authority has never been taken away from him. Even in a lockdown, even in a season, he's unchanging in his power. Jesus has been given power. The word power comes from the Greek word exousia. And we get our word exude from that word. That literally means he's been given the power of choice. He has liberty on doing as he pleases. Isn't that incredible? He has, it means physical and mental power. The ability or strength with which one is endued, which is either possessed or exercised. It means he has the power of authority, influence, and the right of privilege. He's been given that. It means he has the power and rule or govern, or to rule or govern. And that power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. That's the power he's been given. It's universal and it's authority over all mankind. That's what Jesus has been given. Simply stated, That Jesus is all-powerful and will always be all-powerful. Notice that he had been given this power. This means that at some point in the past, God the Father gave Jesus his power and authority. And that this gift was ongoing power even into the future. Even in a lockdown, even in this season, Jesus Christ has all authority and all power. In other words, it is God's will that Jesus possess all power in heaven and on earth. And nothing can change that fact. His creative power. Jesus is the agent of creation. John 1 verse 3 tells us. Colossians 1 16 and 17. It's the same power that is working in and around us. We all quote Ephesians 3 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all who ask or imagine according to his power that is his work within us. So that's the power we're talking about. He's been given that authority, that power, and he still has it and is in full control. And that's why I believe we can say with assurance that Jesus is always able, even in this season right now. He has this redemptive power. What a time, friends, for the gospel to be preached around the world. What a time for the gospel to be preached in Nanaimo. What a time for the gospel to be preached. People are open. People are looking for consistency and reality. And Jesus Christ in this season still has the redemptive power to save people from their sins and to bring them out of bondage and darkness, to take them from death and give them life to save them from themselves into this eternal destiny with Jesus, uh, with God. Jesus has that redemptive power. It's never changed. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12 verse 2. He will never lose his saving power. He still has the power to protect the protective power. Jesus is still the good shepherd. John 10 11. And he will care for the sheep until they arrive safely. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Psalm 23, we all know, is the Lord promises to care for his sheep right through any conceivable manner. And I want to say, even in the Simon season, he's promised to protect us through it. And he doesn't change in that, even stuck in a season like this. The third thing, and this is what I want to highlight probably most for us as the church right now, is that he's unchanging in his purposes and his plan. He's unchanging in his purpose and his plan. We might have to change our plans. And I think that's part of what God's doing here. We might have to change some of the purpose and the things we've been given our attention to Maybe with the right heart, but actually realizing these are not the things of God. And God's bringing us back to this moment right now to say His plans, His purposes. But He doesn't change and they're not on pause while we're in lockdown. Uh, I love Isaiah 46 and in verse 8 it says, Remember this, keep it in mind and take it to heart. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there's no other. I am God and there's none like me. Verse 10 of Isaiah 46 I make known the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I'll do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. So friends, here's what I'm going to say to you, is that in this time and season, we can't throw it all out and say, oh, what's happening? Why are we doing this? What are we doing? We've never been this way before. Yes, that's true. But what we've been called to hasn't changed. We're just finding new ways, fresh ways, not even God ways, just new ways to fulfill the mission and the mandate that God's given us. So the what we've been called to doesn't change. The purposes of God's, the plans of God's haven't changed. They're not on pause. They cannot change. And this lockdown has not changed anything. In actual fact, God is at work in this time and in this season. Maybe our plans are adjusting and changing. And that's a good thing. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart. Many are our plans. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. That's what we're going to bank our, our eternity on. And that's what we're going to give our attention to. That the plans and the purpose of God haven't changed. Don't let them change. Don't emphasize the wrong thing. Don't throw it all out as you look at this mirror. There's some good things that we've got to stick to. And then some new things that God's doing. But it's never changed. We've never been this way, but we know where we're going. Jeremiah 29. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Not I know your plans. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future, not to harm you, to prosper and so on. That's the promise of God. God's plans and purposes for us are not on pause in this corona shutdown 
Please hear that, friends. If you think they are, you're missing what he's about. There's a prophetic word that came. We've had many that come in our ranks for us as a people and as a team and those churches in partnership with us. And one of them came from Dave Hagar, which you guys know really well. And I know he's ministered in your church quite a bit. And he gave this to me on the 26th of March. And he said, while many say chaos, God says convergence. He said that we should keep our focus on God and what God is doing. While this is a sobering time, the Lord wants us to open our eyes and stay in faith and connect with what He's doing. We may be in a shutdown with the coronavirus situation, but God says, do not be in a spiritual shutdown. It's a time for the church to shine, Isaiah chapter 60, and reach out with love and acts of kindness and creative expression, ramping up our prayer and spiritual warfare. He went on to say that 2020 is a significant year for us in convergence and breakout, despite what we see around us now with the coronavirus and upheaval. He's moving in a time of shaking, a backdrop of chaos and uncertainty. Cities and nations and financial systems and economies of world leaders are being, are being shaken. But Jesus is opening up opportunity for this to be our finest hour to occupy and possess a delightful inheritance and to be a blessing to the nations. This is the time to arise and shine. There is an aftermath from this season for the church where we can have our finest hour if we understand the plans and the purposes have not changed, will not change. This isn't a shutdown of God's plan. This is God getting us back to His plan and we've got to stick to His plan because those plans and purposes will not change. We've got to change and adjust to serve His plan and His purpose. I find it interesting that when Paul was locked up, locked down because of preaching the gospel, he was forced to write letters. He must have thought, what am I doing locked up? But he began to pen and write letters. God had a way of getting the gospel out even when he was locked out. God had a plan and a purpose around this of him being locked down. And now we have most of the New Testament penned by this man who was locked up, but perhaps wouldn't have written these letters if he wasn't locked up. God was doing something. He's in control. And we've got to know even now his plans and his purposes are not on pause. we just got to know what he's about. Be faithful. Do what he tells us to do. Even in lockdown, lockdown, shutdown, before we come back together. Don't wait for that. Understand things are happening now. I also find it interesting that the church was persecuted in Acts chapter 8. Jesus gave this call in Acts chapter 1. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. The first seven chapters, the early church did the city thing really well, but they were neglecting the outermost parts of the earth or even the Samaria region. And so persecution comes. What's the purpose? It gets the gospel out of the walls of Jerusalem. God will use crisis for His purposes. God allows it. I don't believe He sends it, but He allows it for us to get out there and serve His purpose and His plan. So that I want to say, His purpose and plan is not on pause. God's doing some significant things. And so don't, friends, allow the present. Please, as individuals or as a local church, don't allow the present to determine what the future looks like for Oceanside Church. Allow the future God's called you to, to determine how you activate and live and minister in the present. Don't mix it up. Otherwise, we're going to lose our way. Don't be pragmatic. You can't approach our future pragmatically. You know, if we are living on borrowed truth, then we're going to live by uh, observation rather than by revelation. And that's a dangerous thing right now because there are too many voices, too many things, and we're losing our way. But we've got to have revelation. So don't be pragmatic. Don't be passive. 
It's a season not to be passive. It's not to be a waiting season. While we might be waiting on God, we're actively waiting. It's not a back-footed season till we come out of this and then we get back to the things of God. No, no. We are in a season now where God's doing stuff and we need to be front-footed in it all. Even if we can't meet like we'd like to, we still know we can fulfill the plans and purpose of God. You know, I believe that the devil desires... Uh, well, let me say this. If he can't discourage us then he, with hardship... He'll try to distract us with ease. And that's what I think something happening. We can get so distracted. Don't be impatient. I am impatient too. I'm desperate for this thing to end. I want to get out. I want to come back to Canada, come back to Nanaimo. I want to get out and do what I'm supposed to be doing. But then you go, stay, you go connect with the Lord and you realize there's a timetable of heaven. We love prayer and we love to ask him when God We know that he says no to some things and he says yes to some things. And those are no-brainers. But other times he says wait. And we don't like to wait. But there's a timetable of heaven here, friends. I'm not saying don't pray for the doors to open. Don't pray for Corona to go. I don't, those are fine. But don't be impatient in this season. Let's get the timetable of heaven. God, what are you doing? And what can we learn? And what can we give our attention to in this season? Even when we're feeling restricted and knocked out. Don't pursue the wrong things. You know. The devil desires to destroy us, but he's only been given the power, I believe, to distract us. So how do you think he destroys us? By distracting us. So be careful in this season. Don't be distracted and live with personal revelation. Beg God to reveal more of himself to you daily. We need more revelation of Jesus. So he's unchanging, friends, in his purpose and his plan. He's unchanging in his promises. I I just hope you believe that. You know, when Jesus says something, he doesn't have to say it again. He said it and it's going to happen. When God says something, he's going to do it. The problem is we change it to make it what we want it to be. And then it's no longer the promise. But the promises of God are yes and amen. When God says something, he's going to do it. And even in a season like this, his unchanging nature proves that he's unchanging in his promises. Now Romans 4.21 says, Being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. That word, promised in the perfect tense, is in the Greek. It corresponds to the perfect tense in English, describing an action which is viewed as having been completed in the past, once and for all, not, ex- not needing to be repeated. To per- simply put, when Jesus makes a promise, he has no need to repeat himself because he will do what he said he's going to do. And so just to know that for us, friends, that the two things I believe we can trust God in, many things, but the promises right now and the provision of God and the protection of God. I do believe that some of us are facing radical things and we're going to come out of this not knowing. Many of you lost your jobs. I know many people who have lost jobs, not guaranteed of work. Incomes are down. All the realities of life. But here's what I'm going to say. I'm trusting God that He's our provider. You're not going to get what you want, but you're going to get what you need because His promise is, I'm your provider. And we all want God to meet our needs, but we have to have needs for God to meet. And now we have needs. And I just want to say, watch what God can do when you trust Him. It hasn't changed in a lockdown, in a shutdown, in an economy that's been shut down. He is still our provider, wants to be. He said He would. And we sing that. I know you guys have testimony. We have testimony. There's global testimony. In third world, even fifth world context of the provision of God. He is our provider and He's our protector. And maybe there's this fear that's come on many of us because of this corona thing. It's a real thing. Uh, Our own son actually got it and he got really sick, which was really scary. I'll just be honest. And we freaked out a bit, but we reached out to some of our friends globally. They prayed with us. And in a couple of days, Joel, he was way better. Um, But what's really exciting is that this thing is so contagious, yet none of us in the house got it. He was locked up for seven days in his room. He hated it. Uh, But by the grace of God, he's better now. And none of us got it. Why I'm saying that is because in this God is a protector. He's promised to protect. We've got to trust Him. We've got to be wise, wash our hands and do all the stuff we told. 
But don't live in fear in a time like this, friends, because God is our protector. And I trust you believe that he has promised to save us, to supply for us, to satisfy us and to secure us. And that's what I believe he'll do that and to sustain us in and through this time and season. He's promised us grace along the way. Number five, he never changes in his personality. I love this. That Jesus doesn't have bad days. He doesn't have, he's not moody. I don't go to him one day, he's in a good mood. The next day he's in a bad mood based on anything I do. He's always the same yesterday, today and forevermore. We need to know that in a season like this. He's not looking to how we perform for him in a coronavirus. That's not based, he doesn't base his personality on that. He does not change in personalities, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so I go with confidence to him and understand he's in full control and he loves us regardless of our reaction and our response. He never has a bad day. I love what A.W. Tozer said, in myself, nothing, but in Christ, everything. That's what we've got to understand. We are nothing and we have good days and bad days. We do well, we don't do well, but in him, everything, because he never changes. His attributes, which he possessed in the beginning, he still has them today, even in the season that we're in. He still possesses them. He will still possess them into the eternity because that's who he is. What? That which he was, he is, and will ever be. Therefore, his personality never changes. He's still love. 1 John 4 verse 8. He is still light. John 8 12. He is still life. John 14 verse 6. He is still Lord. Even in this, he's Lord. No one makes Jesus Lord of their life. I love that. He's already Lord. We acknowledge him as Lord or we reject him as Lord. But no one makes him Lord. Why? Because he's already Lord. And I love that he doesn't change in his personality. He will always be Lord. The last point I'd like to highlight for us is that he's unchanging. Because of his unchanging nature, then he's unchanging in his regard to his passion for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I've experienced such love from the Father, such love from Jesus in this season. It's like the Lord is showing us how special the church is to him. He has such a passion for his bride. And, and I believe that's part of why this is about and allowed to happen is that there's some growing up and readying ourselves for the return of Jesus. And so I just want to highlight that he loves us and he's for us and he's passionate about his bride and he longs to return for it. And the Bible says in Revelation 19 verse 7 that the bride has made herself ready. Now, I'm just going to say this to you, friends, not based on who you are, what you got, what your performance is, how well you're doing through the crisis. He loves his church. He longs for his church. And he's watching over his church in a time and a season. And let that break into your life when you feel lonely, even if you're on your own. He loves you and he's passionate about you. And he's, he's unchanging in his passion right now for us. But his passion for the church is one thing, but he's also passionate for the lost. I hope you hear that. There's something in our hearts right now, understanding the heart of the Father, the heart of Jesus, that this is a season of salvation and the harvest is ready and he longs to see people saved. And the Bible says in uh, Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And it's still God's desire to save people in this time and season. Nanaimo has never been so open for the gospel. Canada has never been so open. And the globe, the world, has never been so open. Because right now, people are lost and desperate for reality and desperate for consistency and something that's real. And we get the privilege of speaking the good news. And so I want to challenge us. Don't be silent. Don't focus on ourselves. Don't just come through this so we can gather again. Let's get, reach out to people. Let's show the love of Jesus. Let's preach this good news of the gospel. Because now is our time and our season. So let me, let me land with this response if I can. And say, guys, my encouragement to you is this. Number one, stay close to God. 
in this season and even when we come out of the stay close to God, press in and learn and, and get your own revelation of Jesus in this time. Press in and stay close. Don't stay away from God or distant. Press in, stay close to God. Stay close to your leaders. I know you're probably feeling like, ah, we don't need... No, we do. We need to be connected. Uh, this virus is, is and the whole way of dealing with it is to shut us out and isolate us. But we've got to press in so we can be strong in the season and come out of the season strong and connected. So press into your leaders. If they're not pressing into you, you press into them because we need to stay connected. Also stay connected to each other. Reach out to people. People are lonely. Even in families, they're lonely. And I want to say stay connected. Stay close to each other. Secondly, stay in the Scriptures. I don't want to say just read it for some storytelling. Read, feast. Eat the book. Read the scriptures. We, we need daily food of promise. Feed your faith, someone said, and your fears will starve to death. Feed your faith. And I love what A.W. Tozer said. Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance to God's word. We cannot be ignorant right now. We need to learn. So saturate yourself in the word of God, in the scriptures. Saturate yourself in his presence. Keep in step with him. What is he doing? What are we doing? Walk with the Holy Spirit and let him lead you through this. Thirdly, stay alert, stay aware and alert. Where is God and where are we? We got to be where God is. God's not coming to where we are. And that's what I think part of the shutdown is, is us getting back on what God's doing. So where's God? Where are you? Get where God is, because I think that's important. Lastly, stay away. Stay away from distractions in the season. Stay away from divisive people. Love them, but stay away from them. And stay away from doubters. Because I do believe this is not a season to doubt. There's so many things being thrown our way. Be careful who you're surrounding yourself with in this time and season. Love all people, but sort of stay away from doubters or divisive people. Because right now, we need a unifood. God's converging the church, bringing us together for the plans and the purposes now and into the future. And so friends, I trust that has stirred your faith a little more. Not in what I've said, but in what the Word of God says. Jesus Christ doesn't change, will not change, cannot. Let that revelation break in. Let's not profess it. Let's live and act like it's true. And may He give you strength and courage. May you stay safe. May you stay sane. But may you stay front-footed in the season, uh, Oceanside Church. May you not lose your way. May you not be overwhelmed. But may you see the goodness of God in it all. Carry on with His plans and purposes. Get on board with what He's doing. We look forward to coming to see you again. Appreciate this opportunity of sharing God's word with you. Thanks, Mike and Debs and the team there for the opportunity. We love our partnership with you. Very grateful for you guys and for the team. And uh, very grateful for what you, God is doing with you. Keep on keeping on. God bless you, friends. Take care.